Good Thursday afternoon, guys. Jerry Miller here on the I Love Seville show. Thank you kindly for joining us live in downtown Charlottesville on a show presented by the Clifton and Keswick. The Clifton and Keswick making memories happen through happy hours, fantastic dinners, weddings, events, corporate retreats, and just a, a getaway from the hustle and bustle of life. The Clifton and Keswick, my family's enjoyed it firsthand for dinner. I've enjoyed it personally for happy hour. We have seen how this staff is, is, is incredibly well-trained and really, really taking care of guests, both lodging guests, hotel guests, and dining guests. Consider the Clifton for the next special memory in your life. I have so much i got to cover on today's show. I am terrified that apathy is now almost like quicksand drowning our emotions when it comes to gun violence in this community. We have had, since September, September of this past year, 22 people injured by gunfire. 22 people since September. This week alone, two people have been killed by gun violence. One in Charlottesville City, one in the urban ring off of Old Lynchburg Road down 5th Street Extended. What has been outrage and outcry for months is slowly evolving into apathy in this community. And when residents and taxpayers and citizens, when their mindsets evolve or change or shift from anger and outrage, and how do we fix it, to ignoring or apathy or, yep, it's Charlottesville, just another shooting. That is beyond worrisome and has entered into the realm of, of, of terrifying. I am routinely waking up and checking the Charlottesville Police Department social media channels to see who was shot in this community last night. And another thing that should very much concern all of us, the shootings have gone from happening in late hours to now daytime hours. People are being shot and killed in the middle of the afternoon as school is being let out. One of the first people to arrive to the scene at yesterday's shooting in the 10th and Page neighborhood was a school crossing guard who just finished her shift protecting children and crossing the road as they get out of school for the afternoon. This week alone, we've had two shootings within spitting distance, within shouting distance of Dairy Market, an epicenter for families and children and moms and dads at any given day, at almost any given time. I had a conversation with, this, with a mom this morning at school drop-off. 
and both of us worried about stray bullets. Bullets not intended for people involved in a fight, but bullets that go elsewhere, like Dairy Market. Judah Wickhauer did a little reconnaissance and put together a heat map for us. Can we get that on screen? These are the two shootings that happened around Tethered Page this week alone. It's on screen. Look at the screen, everyone. Look at the screen now. Early this week, we hear of a man who gets hit in the hand by gunfire. Today, we find out the man that was shot in his truck, where police think that bullet pierced his truck on Hardy Drive, and he tried to escape from the gunfire, ended up on Page Street. We find out today that the man is now dead. He's 20 years old from Gordonsville. I'll say it once, I'll say it again. Did police chief Cotchus, when he took this job, truly realize or understand the significance of the gang and gun and drug violence in this community? Of course we give him the benefit of the doubt because he's been on the job just a short period of time. We love the fact that we're hearing the police chief is calling the 10th and Page neighborhood his home, lives there, love that. Police Chief Cautious. Love your transparency with communicating with the media. Love the fact that you were on the scene yesterday. But eventually, and you still have time on your side because you're fresh on the job, but eventually, we as taxpayers and citizens, as business owners, as homeowners, as someone who's been in this community for 23 years, we need to start asking the question, when is the problem going to be resolved? Warrior AG on Twitter says, hard to have confidence in a government that constantly lets you down. Warrior AG on Twitter says, maybe it's more confusion than apathy, and the reason I say that is because people don't know how to fix it and have never experienced anything like this in their life in the Charlottesville area. Warrior AG, I read both these tweets live on air. Thank you for watching. Let's weave Judah in on a two-shot. Judah Wickhauer. We're going to show the slide from the third-party survey company that was hired by City Hall to gauge a number of critical criteria and topics. One of them was, how do you feel about the police? And yesterday we explained in overwhelming In overwhelming capacity, survey results and those surveyed suggest that we need to empower the police department at a greater clip frequency and, and, and potential, potentially monetary amount. I'm putting that graphic from yesterday up again. That's on screen from yesterday? Well done, Judah. Look at the screen. This is a slide from Polco, the third-party company hired by City Hall to gauge a number of important questions. 
It's on screen now. Look at the screen, everyone. People want the police to check out their neighborhood, to patrol their neighborhood. It's crystal clear they want that. 70% of survey folks surveyed feel it is essential or very important for the city to increase service levels for police patrol and investigative services. Dude, if anyone on Twitter in Socialist Charlottesville continues to say, defund the police, take money away from the police, what the hell is the police doing? You tell them to shut the hell up right now. I'm so tired of that narrative from Socialist Twitter, and I'm starting to get a little angry right now, if you can't tell. We have people dying in the middle of the day in our town. Yesterday, a 20-year-old kid, he's 20, he's a kid, legitimately succumbed to gun violence and died in the middle of the afternoon, right after school was let out. The first person on the scene, or one of them, was a school crossing guard. She said in the Hall Spencer's Daily Progress story, did you read it? She said in that story, I showed up to the truck to see if I could help, and he was already changing colors. Yeah, she couldn't find a pulse. She couldn't find a pulse. She said he was changing colors before my eyes, dying in front of me. You read that, right? Yeah. If I hear one more time from anyone in this community, from Charlottesville Twitter, and you know who you are, Charlottesville Twitter. You know who you are, Socialist Charlottesville. If you continue the narrative of defunding the police and taking away police um, patrolling, financing, strategizing, whatever the hell you want to call it. I, I'm just going to call you on it, ignore you, and tell you just to go away. And I encourage everyone in the community to have the confidence and chutzpah and courage to do the same. And I'm not gonna, I don't want to bring you into this. If you don't want to get into this fight, I'm happy to take this on on my own. I'm tired of that narrative, dude. I'm so sick and tired of that narrative. A third of the department is empty. Shockingly, 22 people have been injured by gun violence in September. We are not going to solve this issue until we get a full department. And we back the department and show the community sees the department as superheroes and is encouraging the department to figure out what the hell's going on around our town. I want to ask you the question about apathy. Has apathy set in to the point we wake up in the morning and we're like, oh, another person shot, no big deal? Is that where we're at? I disagree. I mean, <clears throat> I'm sure there is a certain amount of apathy. There, there's always going to be. I mean, nobody can keep a, a heightened sense of, uh, of anger and uh, whatever else, whatever other emotions you're expecting out of people. Uh, no one can keep a heightened sense of those things for long periods of time. There are definitely, there are always going to be those of us who, this, if you're less affected by something, it's hard to keep up that level of, uh, of outrage. But uh, we, have a, we have a new police chief who I believe is hard at work on this, and we have groups like the Buck Squad who are definitely not apathetic about what is going on here. Is the Buck Squad done? Is the Buck Squad providing value? Are you out there walking neighborhoods? What's the value the Buck Squad's providing? I, they, you want me to go to their website? I, I know what their website says. 
They try to de-escalate violence be- before it becomes gun violence and fighting. Yeah. We've had 22 people shot since September. We've had two people die this week alone. We've had two people die in the last 48 hours. In the middle of the day. So you're saying that a full police department is the silver bullet? It can't continue what we're doing now. I agree. A third of the department is empty, and we can't patrol neighborhoods to keep violence from happening. We can't? We cannot. We do not have the human capital or the resources to patrol the neighborhoods to the point where Kachis is now creating three policing districts where he's utilizing data and he's aggregating that data and he's saying the crime is happening in these three districts. We think it's 10th and Page, we think it's Fifeville, and we think it's the 6th Street neighborhood south downtown where he's saying, I'm not going to patrol the whole city. I'm going to patrol these three neighborhoods, these policing districts, because we don't have the manpower to patrol it all. Because they shouldn't be patrolling it all. I would like to have all the city patrolled, but I realize for all the city to be patrolled, we have to have a department that's completely full. And we're not going to have a department that's completely full until we start paying police officers more, Stop the narrative that these people are terrible. I'm so sick and tired of Twitter, Charlottesville Twitter, when it comes to that. We can tell. And we know who the people are. We know who the people are. And if the violence continues, we call out the people on Twitter that are saying this and say, if you don't like it, leave. We know who the people are. Twenty-year-old doesn't have a shot to live life. Dies next to his brother in a truck in the middle of the afternoon. Yeah. Where his brother, according to the Daily Progress article, pleading and begging and crying, saying he brought him into this. Yeah. You read the article. Yeah, I saw that. Aaron King, thank you for watching the show. We love you, Aaron King. You're a voice of calm for me right now, Aaron, because I'm angry. I'm angry for their families. I'm angry for their parents. I see things so differently now that I'm a dad. I'm angry for the community. I'm angry for the police department. I'm angry for any children in the neighborhood who saw this. I'm angry for what this does for historically African-American neighborhoods and how they're viewed and portrayed. I'm angry for this town what has been the narrative of Charlottesville over the last six to nine months whose it's been bloodshed it's been bloodshed whether it's the shootout in Belmont 
that left someone dead, whether it's teenagers popping off in an OK Corral gunfight at the Omni Hotel, mm-hmm. whether it's the man that was dead, was murdered outside a bar in the downtown mall, another man shot outside a quasi-casino on Harris Street, there's a gas station on Harris Street that has been turned into a quasi-casino with skilled games. They're called slot machines. Don't give me that narrative of skilled games. Man in his 30s shot outside a skill game parlor in the middle of the week. Not even 48 hours ago, a man in his mid-30s murdered in the urban ring off Old Lynchburg Road. Middle of the afternoon, someone shot, later died, within shouting distance of a building that routinely has hundreds of kids in it. Yeah. Within shouting distance of the University of Virginia. The only reason that this is in more outcry or outrage in this community is the violence is being pocketed or, or contained to historically violent neighborhoods. I mean, what kind of outcry do you expect to see? What kind of outcry do I expect to see? I've, I've seen a lot of people fearful, a lot of people angry. Uh, Moms and dads watching this program. Is, 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 is our friend Matt Daring, the king of bicycling, watching today? Matt, are you watching right now? He has said multiple times on this program he feels comfortable with his children riding their bicycles unsupervised from their Fife-filled neighborhood in many areas of the city. He said he feels comfortable with that? Yes. Okay. I would love if any parents watching this program, what is your level of comfortability of A, dropping your kids off on the downtown mall and then coming back hours later and picking them up? B, dropping your kids off around the UVA corner or grounds and coming back hours later or picking them up? Dropping your kids off anywhere in Charlottesville City unsupervised and coming back hours later and picking them up. Moms and dads watching this program, how comfortable, confident, and willing are you to drop your kids off in this town unsupervised for hours and then meet them later to pick them up? I would bet you there's a boatload of moms and dads that may have done this last year that are not doing this today. Fair enough. My, my wife certainly would not. Which speaks to a lack of apathy. Um, are you saying that Matt Daring is wrong? Not, I, did I say he's wrong? I didn't say once he's wrong. I'm asking what his confidence level of allowing his children to ride their bicycles without parental supervision around Charlottesville like they've done for a long period of time. I would love to know that. Katie Pearl watching the program. It was great to see you this morning, Katie. She says straight up, I feel uncomfortable going into the city of Charlottesville with my children. Mother of five. You know her. She's come on the I Love Seville Network multiple times. Legit person. Yeah. Respect and trust what she says. Mm-hmm. Guess what? My wife is saying that too. 
My wife is saying that too. And everyone watching this program knows if mama and the missus ain't happy or is unwilling to do something, the family's probably not going to do it. Anyone watching this program understands that concept. And she also says a full police department sure as hell would help. Amen. I am... Oh, I'm trying to keep the, the passion that goes from passion to anger in check. And the viewers and listeners have seen this. It can quickly go from passion to anger. I'm not going to let it. We cannot tolerate 50 or 60 people in socialist Charlottesville continuing to crush the Charlottesville Police Department by a death of a thousand cuts. Whether it's the defund the police movement, whether it's what exactly are they doing, whether it's get SWAT off the street, they should be having these kinds of weapons or this kind of armored vehicles. We're losing the battle. We're not winning. Right? You'd say 22 people shot since September is losing the battle. We're a town of less than 50,000 people. Less than 50,000. And I want to ask you this question, okay? Here's a question I want to ask you. For the most part, this gun violence, gang violence, and drug violence has not penetrated regional or national media news cycles. We have strictly seen the coverage on the I Love Seville show, The Daily Progress, NBC 29, CBS 19, and occasionally the Seville Weekly. You want to know what could happen? Richmond Times-Dispatch starts covering this. The Washington Post starts covering this. The New York Times starts covering this. And as bigger publications cover these storylines, here's how the narrative will be depicted. Are you ready? Charlottesville, home to the University of Virginia, in a soon-to-be-booming-and-emerging technology epicenter, has to reckon with a dark side before it can become the community it wants to be. And that dark side is gun, drug, and gang violence. Hell, maybe what needs to happen is the national media needs to cover this. And then maybe actual results happen. Because I can assure you the Washington Post will craft a narrative that shows the struggle between University of Virginia demographic, the extremely wealthy that live in this community, and folks that are on the financial margin. And weave a narrative that these three demographics of people cannot coexist harmoniously in a town called Charlottesville that was previously called the number one place to live in America and proudly describes itself as a world-class city. 
I'll say it once and I'll say it again. How can you be a world-class city if you have murders in the middle of the afternoon on a Wednesday? How can you be a world-class city if you have murders in the late morning on a Tuesday? How can you be a world-class city if your families are hesitant to allow children or teens to go unsupervised around the community? This is deep throat. Ready? My wife will not let my kids ride their bikes, but that is less related to crime than to the terrible bike infrastructure we have around here. We let them ride around Houston, by the way, but not Charlottesville. That's pretty insane. Here's Grayson watching the program. There's not a chance in hell my wife would let our 13-year-old to be anywhere near downtown unsupervised. They ask, we say no. They ask, we say no. They ask, we say no. Deep Throat adds, when we dropped our kid on the downtown mall unsupervised, my kid was at lighthouse camp shooting footage with another kid with a counselor nearby. Then an unmedicated, mentally ill downtown mall drifter accosted the other kid. Luckily, a beat cop ran over and pulled the crazy guy away. Jojo Robinson asked a very good question. What about the kids that have to walk to school because there's no school bus drivers? Great question. That's, we should go down that road. We have an, a, a, a significant bus driver shortage in Charlottesville City and Amar County, to the point where Charlottesville school system is utilizing a school bus, uh, a walking bus is what they call it, the walking bus. And the walking bus has groups of students walking together from their homes and various points in the city to their schools. Can you imagine if a walking bus, and we know a walking bus is in the 10th and Page neighborhood, there was a school crossing guard that was on scene. Obviously, if there's a school crossing guard that's on scene, there's enough students walking in the area that a crossing guard has to be positioned there. It sounded like she had, uh, had she already dropped off the kids? She picked up kids that were walking home from school, and she straight up said in that Daily Progress article, I don't want the children walking by themselves from school on this side of town. She yeah. straight up said that in the Hall Spencer article. The school crossing guard described it as this side of town. And she got kids in her car and drove them to their school because she did not walk, want them walking. That is a crossing guard, a paid professional, telling the community that these kids should not be walking on roads by themselves. Did you hear that? That's exactly what that means. She straight up said, I picked up kids that were walking home from school and I drove them to their house because I didn't want kids walking on this side of town. That's literally in Hall Spencer's Daily Progress article today. I know. And you know how this situation gets even, I was going to use a profanity, how this situation gets even worse? You want to know how it gets worse? A stray bullet hits an innocent bystander and they die. Yeah. And we already had stray bullets outside the downtown mall restaurant hit two patrons of that restaurant that were not a part of that gun violence. But fortunately, in, those circ in that circumstance, they survived. Yeah. 
They were hospitalized. They were shot while drinking and eating at a restaurant after a concert. They got shot. Two people. But they lived. Yeah. Do we need somebody to get shot and die from bystander fire for something to really become a reality? Is that what we need? I hope to God not. And I know you do too. Can you put the maps back on screen? You want yesterday's or today's? We can go today's first. This is where, in the last 48 hours, look at the screen. The circles show where the two shootings happen. The top circle was the earlier in the week shooting. The bottom circle was the one from yesterday. Now, let's put the maps on screen from earlier in the week, the two shootings from the Urban Ring, from down 5th Street Extended. Let us know when those are on screen, if you could, please, sir. These were the ones on Wahoo Way, around Wahoo. They're on screen. Good job, Judah. Literally across from the police department, Almoral County. These are the two shootings. Look how close in proximity they are. And it's no question. Let's go to the survey results. Deep Throw put this on our radar. These are survey results. The headline, and you got that on screen? Yep. This is from a third-party survey company that was hired by Charlottesville and, 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 and tasked with surveying people about really important issues like the police and like confidence in local government. In 2016, overall confidence in Charlottesville government was at a 58% clip. In 2022... It's 29% lower. Now, it's important to emphasize in 2016, that was before the Unite the, White, Unite the Right rally. That was before August 12, 2017. Since August 12, 2017, the confidence in local government has diminished significantly. This should worry the hell out of you. Kevin Yancey watching the program. If you engage in criminal activity knowing there's a possibility of violence or arrest in jail, I have no sympathy for you. I do not have... I have sympathy for the man who died yesterday. I guess he died today. If you read the article in the Daily Progress, the man who died today from getting shot yesterday was driving his brother to essentially a drug deal. And his brother who he was driving was younger than him. I found that odd. And his brother, who he was driving 
to what is a drug deal in the Hardy Drive neighborhood, quoted in the article in the Daily Progress today, saying it is, and I'm going to paraphrase, it's essentially my fault my brother died because I told him to do this and brought him into it. Yeah. So, Kevin, respectfully, I disagree with you. The person who was shot in yesterday and died today, this is not a man, and I use the phrase man loosely because he's 20. From my standpoint, that's just a kid. This was not a guy that was in the game. So yes, I'm sympathetic and empathetic to him and his family. This is not someone with a lengthy criminal criminal record of felonious activity. This is a 20-year-old kid from Gordonsville. So respectfully, sir, and I love your comments, I disagree with you on this comment. Travis Hackworth and Danville, Charlottesville needs a council that 100% supports and stands behind community policing. That's the only thing that will turn this around. 100% agree. Do you want to unpack that comment right there? Do I want to unpack it? I mean, I think the police force needs to know that they have the backing of not just the people, but the council and, uh, you know, whatever whatever city government is in place. uh, Because... Their their job is to protect us, and if they're not given uh, if they're not given the uh, the ability um, the uh, materials to to do that, then uh, I mean it it just becomes a tragic situation where uh, you have people that want to help but can't. There it is. Sharon Fix said this. Washington Post, how about we start with our own news outlets? The reporting is lacking, she says. They mentioned the murders, that's it, she says. How about all the other crime? Nope, you never hear about it. Perhaps the fact that we've become a news desert is something that's contributing to this as well. Because the coverage and accountability is not as robust as it once was. So some of this stuff may fly under the radar, or there is no longer fear that if you commit a crime, your face and name will be plastered all over the evening news or the front page of the paper, embarrassing yourself and your family name. Maybe that's a part of it. I will say the reporting has shifted from legacy media to platforms like ours, and to individuals with large followings who are active on social media that are listening to the police blotter and reporting what they hear through the blotter or what they see in their neighborhood. One of the first places we go, I don't know about you, I don't want to speak for you, when you wake up in the morning is you go on Reddit and you see what kind of violence was reported in the respective neighborhoods. Do you do that? I often see what, uh, what people are talking about on Reddit there. Sharon, I'm going to give you some props here. Thank you for commenting. I read this live on air. Katie said he died yesterday and he was a child. I have extreme sympathy for his entire family and loved ones. 
Me too. Well said, KTP. Bill McChesney says, this happened where the new police chief is living. I have heard through multiple reliable sources the new police chief lives in the 10th and Page neighborhood. And I got tremendous respect for him living there. The previous police chief lived in Almora County. Yeah. How you could be the chief of police for Charlottesville City and be allowed to live in Almora County is a topic for another day. And I don't think it's anywhere near being a teacher in Charlottesville City and choosing to live in Almora County. That's not comparable. The chief of police should live in the city he or she serves. You disagree? I don't disagree, but I don't know the particulars of why she happened to be living in Elmore County, so I'm going to hold my judgment. I would imagine it's for quality of life That's, in a larger home. I could imagine a lot of things. Put the survey results again on screen. If you could, please, sir. They're up. Look at the screen. I'm curious if those survey results were taken today, as opposed to them being taken a few weeks ago, what the results would yield. Anonymous says, look at the survey results. We need council to support police, but we really, what we really need is a new council. This one is a total embarrassment. We could do better digging up council from a vegetable garden than electing one given the quality of candidates we get. And shockingly, you want to hear the shocking comment on this? Here's a shocking comment. This council is exponentially better than the council led by Nakia Walker. And it's not even comparable. This council is exponentially better than the council that featured Mike Signer, the man who hates snow days. This council is exponentially better than the councils that had Mike Signer, Nakia Walker, on the dais. Dylan Rules says on Twitter, Dylan Rules, I love the fact that you've been asking, you've been interacting with us on Twitter. Ask this question specifically for you and me. Jerry and Judah, ask yourself this. How would Charlottesville City and Almaro County respond if this was occurring in the Dunlora neighborhood or in North Downtown? You go first and then I'll go, J-Dubs. Um, well... Like I said, I've, I've seen anger and outrage. Uh, I, I think I'd continue to see it. Uh, I, th I think you'd probably see a lot more people showing up at, uh, at city council meetings, though. And um, I bet there'd be a lot more phone calls to people in power. Dylan Rule says, A freaking men, Jerry. Please expose the idiotic tweets on screen of no one can tell me what the police can do and what do the police do. Please start exposing these people's tweets on your show. I may, I literally may start calling these people out by their names. 
Socialist Twitter loves to hide behind anonymous Twitter accounts, fake profiles, and, and, and phony names. I have my picture and my name on all my social media. Socialist and Charlottesville Twitter likes to say, oh, I'm leaving Twitter because Elon Musk is the new owner and I'm going to this new platform called, what's it called? Mastrodon? What is it called? Uh, I can look it up. They're even putting their new handles on this new platform that's away from Twitter. It's democratic and socialist in its algorithm and its content. It's not owned by a capitalist and Elon Musk. Yet, what do they do? What do they do? What are they doing? They're still tweeting. They got their panties in a huff when it came to Musk buying this, this platform and said they never tweet again. They're still there. Still whining. We should, by name, say who they are. We don't know this. Good question from Linnell. Linnell asked on Twitter, was the murder of the Buck Squad member that was Eldridge Skeeter Smith, who was murdered in Fifeville, a retaliation for a previous violence intervention act? We do not know that yet. We do not know motive. We do not know motive. I really hope it was not because of that. We have no idea of motive of Skeeter Smith's death. But if Skeeter Smith's death was at, at all tied to Buck Squad intervention, I would be devastated. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think that would be terrible. But, uh, I mean, it would go to show that they are having an effect. And I'm not trying to throw shade at the Buck Squad. I openly understand that for this gun and gang and drug violence to get remedied, it's going to need the proverbial silver buckshot instead of the silver bullet. And that silver buckshot is parents taking a more active role with their children, holding them accountable, seeing what they're looking at on their screens, checking their bags for guns, closets, dressers, shelves, everything. The silver buckshot includes administrators at schools, when kids act out in classrooms, holding them accountable from Definitely. a suspension or expulsion standpoint. Yeah. The silver buckshot includes teachers continuing to fight the good fight in classrooms, and I stand by teachers. The silver buckshot includes nonprofits like the Buck Squad that are key players, trusted players, police, therapists, counselors, Neighborhood watch, being a good neighbor, reporting what you're seeing, even if you think it may be inconsequential. Yeah. Those are all aspects of the solution. I so agree. I am not trying to compartmentalize the shade toward the Buck Squad and only the Buck Squad. I respect the efforts of what they're doing. Big time respect the efforts of what they're doing. Like you said, I'm not at the scene of fights trying to de-escalate them. And that's what they're doing. Yeah. 
But what we got to ask ourselves right now, 22 people shot since September, two people murdered in the last 48 hours, both murders happened in, in, in daylight, both murders happen in densely populated areas where neighborhoods literally are around where the murders are happening. Numerous apartment complexes by Wahoo Way. You know that area well. That's a hop, skip, and a jump from where your parents live. Hop, skip, and a jump from Redfields. Hop, yeah. skip, and a jump from Oak Hill Farm, from the Villas at Southern Ridge, Mosby Mountain, Mountain Valley Farm, the Woodlands, Eagles Landing, literally across the street from the police department in Amaral County. Yeah. And you want to hear a really, how about this question? You want to hear a question we should be asking? When is this violence, guns, drugs, and gangs start impacting real estate values? That's, and people that say that stuff doesn't happen don't understand American history. Gun and drug and gang violence have impacted real estate values in towns and cities and counties all over America. All over America. Happened in Richmond, where Richmond at one time, Virginia, was the murder capital of the United States. Undoubtedly has happened in Baltimore. Undoubtedly has happened in parts of Manhattan, D.C. When do we start wondering what this gun and gang and drug violence does to real estate values? When do we start wondering what it does to local economies? When do we start wondering what it does to job attrition? Because businesses close because customers won't patronize them for fear of their ge geographical territory. What do you want to add to this? Ah. What am I missing? <clears throat> what are you missing? Um, do, what do you make of KTP's comment here? Katie Pearl, great to see you today. Your comments are legit, per usual. If the city of Charlottesville continues to elect members that lean socialist, we cannot be surprised when they don't financially support the police department. You get what you vote for. Is that the catalyst for all this? She's not wrong. Make your point. I don't know if that's the cause for all this, but yeah, I mean, we... I've said it before, if, uh, if the police don't have the support of the city, then it becomes hard to do your job. If, uh, if they're not given the money they need to hire the people they need, if they're not giving, given the, uh, the latitude to make decisions like uh, I believe Conscious is making, separating this into, uh, into districts where he can send people to patrol uh, where they are seeing this because why would you be patrolling somewhere where you've never seen any violence uh, if the city doesn't give the uh, the police um, 
the support and the money and the latitude to uh, to go after the the root cause of this, and I think ultimately that's what needs to happen. You you need to go after the root cause because you you can't just you can't reasonably expect to catch people in the middle of this. Nobody could have gone back and said, "Okay, there's going to be a there's going to be a gunfight in this neighborhood today." That's why I've stated before that when it's random, it becomes a bit scarier because you don't know where it's going to hit next. And so ultimately the police need to go and find the uh, the heart of what's going on in Charlottesville and cut it out. Mayor of McIntyre says in multiple comments that gang violence really diminished the economic vitality of Fashion Square Mall. That happened years ago. He also says the city manager, city councilors, police chief should be residents of Charlottesville City. I 100% agree with that. City manager has to be a resident of Charlottesville City. Technically, by law, the police chief does not. City manager has to live in the city of Charlottesville. The police chief, because Brackney lived in Albemarle County, she lived in the Pantops area. I believe it was in the... Uh... Bill, help me out here. What's the neighborhood that R.L. Byer built that had those sweeping, beautiful views right off Pantops? Is it Fontana? Probably. R.L. Byer developed a neighborhood. There are homes that trade over 800000 and above, many in the million-dollar range. They have gorgeous mountain views right around Freebridge Bridge at the base of Pantops. Is that Fontana? Is that the Fontana neighborhood? Someone put that in the feed. I believe that's the Fontana neighborhood. Ashcroft, that's what it is. Thank you, Bill. That's exactly what it is. Ashcroft. Bill, you're a smart man. It's Ashcroft. He's 100% right. I believe that's where the police chief lived, the former one, in Almaro County. Okay. Thank you, McChesney. Many comments coming in on Twitter. Local patron on, on Twitter says, Living in Charlottesville now is like living in Compton, California. Shootings almost every day and terrible crime. It's no longer safe. I'm not going to go quite that far. I lived in South Central for a year. You would know. Albert Graves asked this comment. If we think homelessness is destroying the downtown mall, wouldn't we think gun violence could ruin the entire city? It's a great question. I'll, I'll ask it again. Albert Graves. If we think homelessness is destroying the downtown mall, wouldn't we say gun violence is ruining the entire city? Yeah. I think put another way, uh, uh, we've heard from people who are afraid to come into Charlottesville or afraid to go to the downtown mall or afraid to let their bring their kids around. Uh, when, does that, uh, when does that type of... Um, when does that uh, when does that become endemic to a larger proportion of people? 
so that more people are afraid to come into Charlottesville? And when does that uh, when does that fear spread farther and farther past uh, the borders of our community into uh, people who m- might want to? When does it you know when does someone read something in a newspaper article and or probably not a newspaper. <laughs> when does somebody read something in an article online and decide, well, maybe we should uh, shift our plans and have our wedding somewhere else? When does it start to hurt the, the wineries and the catering companies and the other businesses around? Hotels. Yeah, definitely hotels. Restaurants. Mm-hmm. Music venues. Yeah. There it is. Sensible Judah. Succinctly making a legit statement, 100%, 100%. And it's just a number of shootings away from this becoming Washington Post or Richmond Times dispatch fodder. Although I will argue in, in, uh, I will argue in, in, uh, about that, that they, I think they have their own, uh, their own issues to report on. Yeah, but here's why it's a story. Because Charlottesville... Because because it's unnatural? Yes. That's why it's a story. Charlottesville historically has been a safe haven. That's fair. Because this is so... What's the word you used? Uh, You mean endemic? Because this is such an anomaly or unexpected. Did you say unnatural? Yeah. Maybe Actually, that's not the best word. What's the word we're looking for? Because this is so out of the ordinary. Anomalous. It's, yeah, what's, there it is. Say it. Anomalous. Exactly. Because this is so out of the ordinary, it's, that's the story. Right. It's not a story, gun violence plagues inner city Richmond. Everyone's going to be like, of course. We know that. Gun violence... Expl- <laughs> Poor Richmond. Gun, gun violence uh, ravages inner city Baltimore. Duh. Yeah. We've seen uh, okay. The Wire on HBO or Homicide Life on the Streets. Everyone knows this. No one would read that story. But someone would read this headline, Gun, Drug, and Gang Violence Plagues Wealthy Charlottesville Home to UVA. People Scared, Will Attendance Drop, and Does the Economy Suffer? That's a front page above the fold A1 story. Don't give them ideas. Used to be a headline writer. People would read the shit out of that story. That would go viral. Yeah. And we're a few events away from that happening. How about this from Deep Throat? Deep Throat, you're on fire today. In fact, I'm going to send you back the fire emoji. The head of neighborhood development for Charlottesville City. Jim Frias, am I saying his last name wrong? F-R-E-A-S. He's the head of neighborhood development in Charlottesville City. A guy who wants to upzone the city of Charlottesville. Lives in an HOA neighborhood in Almoral County called Dunlora. So the dude who's driving the more density in the city, oh, freeze, like the Batman villain. There we go. Jim Freeze. Jim Freeze, I'm talking to you. You, Jim Freeze, want to create more upzone density in the city of Charlottesville 
yet you've chosen to live in an HOA neighborhood in Almoral County, a neighborhood whose bylaws and HOA documents prevent it from ever being upzoned. Does anyone have an issue with that? The head of NDS in the city of Charlottesville lives in an Albemarle County neighborhood that's protected by HOAs and is never going to be zoned or changed or radically transformed. How would you describe that? Uh, I mean, I'm not going to call it hypocrisy. I was just going to say, I may I say conflict if... of interest. Yeah. I may say, best case scenario, the perception is pretty crappy. Jim Freeze, like the Batman villain, lives in an HOA-protected neighborhood in Almoral County called Dunlora. Just call him Mr. Freeze. <laughs> Mr. Freeze. Mr. Freeze <coughs> is going to freeze zoning in Dunlora, but he's going to melt zoning in Charlottesville City. Mr. Freeze. Someone tell Mr. Freeze we're giving him some props on today's show. I don't think you're giving him props, are you? I'm definitely not giving Freeze props. <laughs> Mr. Freeze freezes zoning in Dunlora, but he eviscerates zoning in the city of Charlottesville. Yeah, great comment from Deep Throat. Every chef should eat their own cooking, but this doesn't inspire confidence. Mr. Freeze is like, nah, no thanks. I don't want any of this zoning in my neighborhood. Uh, to be fair, he didn't write, I doubt he wrote the, the HOA bylaws. He, but he chose to move there. Right. He chose to move there. And, and the perception of that is pretty crappy. I understand. You have to give Deep Throat that. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing with that. Uh, Dr. Rochelle Brackney, I'm coming to Charlottesville City to fight crime. Nah, I don't want to live in Charlottesville City. I want to live in Almoral County. Dr. Rochelle Brackney, I'm going to come and be the savior of violence in the city, but I don't want to live there, though. I ain't living there. I ain't living there. You got to give me the perception is crappy. Mm. You got to give me the perception is crappy. When you put it that way, yeah. I'm going to fight crime in Charlottesville City, but I'm not going to live there. Anybody else think that's a little shady? Vanessa asked a fair question, the queen of Earliesville. What happens to students when they are expelled? Does the state still provide funding for them to get an, ed in, to get an education in an alternative setting? Punishment consequences should be expected, but who picks up the back end to help lead these kids down a more positive, productive path? Having undereducated young people hanging out with nothing to do while most of their peers are in school and their families are at work is not likely to produce better results for them or their community. That's fair. That is a great question. That's I mean, a great we question. Often, I think we often uh, rage about the fact that nothing is ever done to students at schools for, for, whatever, you know, for whatever it is they, they are doing. Um, I, I read... Someone, uh, I heard someone talking about uh, about the fact that uh, complete, like 
total classrooms, the entire classroom can be uh, disrupted by one or two kids, and absolutely nothing is done. No, uh, n- no, no accountability. Yeah, and that definitely implies no, uh, no, um, no ejecting them from the school. But that leads to a, an excellent question like this: If they did. How would we, uh, you know, if they were expelled? Yeah, we want the we want those kids to become you know, upstanding citizens. Yeah, active. we don't want them to be forgotten or thrown away. Yeah, but if you get expelled from public school, if you commit acts that get you expelled from public school, the second chance should be should not be in the school that you were expelled from. Maybe the second chance That's- is an opportunity for you to go to vocational school, K Tech. Maybe the second chance is some kind of internship program working with the police department. Okay? I'm with you that I don't want those kids to be forgotten. Yeah. But if you're beating people up or you're cussing teachers out or you're hitting teachers or you're assaulting people or you're dealing drugs or you're sexually assaulting people, allegedly. I don't even have to say allegedly anymore, do I? Because the Admiral County Police admitted that there were kids arrested for that JV locker room incident. Yeah, I think once in, they arrested them, I don't have to use allegedly anymore. I think in the cases of some of the stuff that you're talking about, I would hope that the school would uh, would turn those kids over to to uh, the police. Yeah, if you're if you're dealing drugs at school, if you're assaulting people in school, it goes beyond. I think just uh, rehabilitation in said school. Definitely, and and I think uh, a, a higher authority. <laughs> Um, an, an authority with the with the power to do something needs to come in and um, and a decision needs to be made about uh, about those children's uh, futures, whether or not they uh, you know whether or not they're even willing to uh, to go to school. Scott Aaronworth in Virginia Beach. He's an attorney, a criminal defense attorney. He says, not all people who are arrested are guilty, Jerry and Judah. That is completely and 100% true. That's 100% true. Allegedly goes away once convicted. That's fair, Scott, Scott Aaronworth. He's an attorney. He's an esquire, a criminal defense attorney. Multiple people, Juan Sarmanto, the king of transportation, not sure if that school is for expelled students and not for problem students. Yancey also says the alternative school is in Charlottesville is the Jefferson School. Hmm. And he used alternative in, in quotes. Okay. Show's on fire right now. And you know why the show's on fire? Because we're obviously talking about stuff that scares the bejeebus out of all of us. Local patron on Twitter says, Fifeville used to be safe. Now they no longer feel safe in that neighborhood because of gang violence. I'll, 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 I'll say it again. When does this violence start impacting real estate values? 
and the local economy. And are we at the point with gang and drug and gun violence that we are apathetic to it, expecting it, and not nearly as outraged as we once were? Because if we've entered a point of apathy, the community is in much greater danger than we've realized. I still don't think we're apathetic. I hope not. I hope not. One of the first things I looked up this morning, I did this morning, was go to the Charlottesville Police Department social media channels to see who was shot last night. I got out of bed, turned my alarm off, went to the breakfast table, said hello to my oldest, tickled the belly of my youngest, gave my wife a kiss on the cheek, toasted my Bodo's bagel, because damn it, they don't do it on Preston Avenue, put the cream cheese on the salted bagel, made sure it was spread nicely, sat down at the breakfast table, pulled out my phone, and the first thing I did was go to the Charlottesville Police Department social media channel. First thing. Before checking how the markets were doing and early trading, before reading local headlines on any of the media outlets, first thing I did, Charlottesville Police Department Facebook page. How would you characterize that from an emotion standpoint? How would I characterize your emotions? How would you characterize someone where the, one of the first things they do in the morning is to see who got shot last night? Uh, I mean, some people might call it, uh, what's it what is it, uh, hyper... Uh, Paranoia? Maybe. How do you call that, viewers and listeners? Hypervigilance. Kevin Yancey says he wanted to be a school bus driver, but he turned down the job and he has a CDL because of the tiered structure before anyone can be removed from a bus in Waynesboro. You call that hypervigilance? Uh, it's not really, but uh, I, it's close. Uh, hypervigilance. I mean, let's cut to the chase. Part of it's preparing for a talk show. What? Part of it's preparing for a talk show. Yeah. But I would much rather, the first thing I do to prepare for the talk show would be see what businesses are opening up. And I don't know if anyone's realized this. I try to highlight this fact. There's a lot of businesses that are closing or trying to sell in a last-ditch effort before closing. Yeah. A lot. One forty-five p.m., a couple other items I need to get out of the notebook. Items that you will see on tomorrow's show. Local Patreon calls it hyper-awareness. Hyper-awareness. Is that the same thing as hypervigilance? I think it's probably in the same family.
Hmm. It is different. Uh, hyper-awareness has more to do with OCD. Hypervigilance has more to do with PTSD. Other items out of the notebook. I'll talk about this tomorrow. School board meeting tonight, collective bargaining on the docket. Admiral County teachers, I would love to see over 100 teachers at tonight's meeting. School board meeting tonight, I want to see over 100 teachers at the school board meeting tonight. I'll be watching. I want to count over 100 of you guys at tonight's meeting. Carol Thorpe put this on my radar. This will be news and legacy media outlets. An obituary has been created for Ken Boyd. Ken Boyd passed away on Tuesday of this week at the age of 75. Ken Boyd was a, go to a one shot so people can see the headlines if you could. Ken Boyd was a uh, three-term supervisor in Almaro County on the board. A financial planner served three terms on the board of supervisors. He was a chairperson from 2007 to 2008. Rivanna District. One of the few Republicans to win a seat in Albemarle County or the city of Charlottesville. An elected seat. One as a Republican, Ken Boyd. Rest in power, Ken Boyd. Age of 75 years old. Last topic I'll bring up on the show, Virginia basketball took it on the chin against Boston College. And over the last three or four games, this basketball team, the offense has been anemic. Absolutely anemic. We saw a pitiful, pitiful performance in a win against Louisville, a pitiful performance in a win against Notre Dame, but a pitiful performance did not translate into a victory against the Boston College Eagles. Right now, Tony Bennett and his team are lacking an offensive identity in the small ball that was working about a month ago with Vanderstash in the starting lineup in place of Shedrick is no longer working now. Vanderstash cannot throw the ball into the ocean. Defenders are, are daring Vanderstash to shoot to prevent Beekman and Franklin and Clark from driving to the rack. Tony Bennett, and I have amazing confidence in Coach Bennett, Put the man's name on the court. John, the Tony Bennett Court, John Paul Jones Arena. His name should be on the court, just like Bayheim's name is on the court. Krzyzewski's name is on the court. Bennett's name deserves to be on the court. He's got a couple of weeks before March Madness to completely reinvent an offense that is struggling to make free throws, cannot put the ball in the basket from downtown. Hell, can't even make layups right now. Can't even make layups. If there's a man that can turn it around, it's Tony Bennett. Anything you want to add, Judah Wickhauer? Mm. No. No closing thoughts? 
You don't have to have closing thoughts if you don't want. I think I would just say uh, um, let's not get to the point where uh, we're apathetic about this. Uh, get out, find some way to help, whether it's uh, whether it's helping uh, the Buck Squad or you know going and uh, making your <clears throat> making your thoughts known at city council meetings. Um, Let's make sure that uh, the police know that they are supported, and uh, let's let the city know that uh, this doesn't have to become commonplace. Well said. Oof, what a day. I empathize and sympathize with any of the parents and family members and friends and children that are associated with any of the people that have died from gang, drug, or gun violence. And I empathize and sympathize with the family members, significant others, the friends and children, even if, even the people that are committing the crime. I don't have much sympathy and empathy for those that commit crimes, but the friends and family and kids associated with the crime committers, I certainly do. More tomorrow on the I Love Seville show. I'm Jerry Miller.